Let's talk WAFL football as we do every day on Sporting Goss here on SENWA. Thanks for your company. If you're listening through SEN Spirit 621 or podcasting catch-up as well. One of our regulars on the show is the coach of Subiaco, and that's Bo Wardman. And, Bo, as I welcome you to the show, uh, have you had a chance to dissect what went wrong against West Coast last week? Morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for us, it was probably centred around our contested game. We just couldn't get that uh, get that going. I think we sort of averaged 40, 45 hard ball gets, and we were down as low as um, almost fifteen for the for the game, which was disappointing. Um, and certainly, I thought West Coast uh, ability around the contest to, to move the ball and, and get it from inside to outside didn't give us much opportunity. So there was some opportunity for for some tackles and pressure, and, and we couldn't get that side of the game going. Um, I suppose testament to the the boys that kept fighting and um, gave us a look late, but uh, we weren't quite good enough to get the job done. What was the pleasing aspect? Give me a. I know it's hard because you don't get the points and it's all team. I get that and club base. But what was some of the elements you took away from saying that was good? We'll tick that box. And and what was probably the most disappointing aspect? Um, oh, I thought the the positive was the, the resilience. At, at one point, I thought we we could get blown away here by eight or nine goals, um, but they continued to. To fight back, and they they heard the messages and um, and went went about implementing that. So I thought we we had some uh, momentum at time, and we we're able to capitalise on that. But we just weren't able to stem uh, stem West Coast, particularly in that third quarter. They sort of had a run on of uh, five or six goals in that um, third quarter, and we weren't able to stem that. Uh, probably started in and around the contest, and then um, some of our defensive stuff just around in general play um, just walked weren't quite at the level that we needed to be uh, as consistently. Ben Sokol, quite outstanding. Kicks six goals in a losing team like that. You know, plays above his, his stature, doesn't he? I mean, I, I know he's strong, but when he's got the ball in his hands, you, you must uh, light it up in the coach's box because he doesn't let you down too often. To kick six goals in a losing team in a low-scoring contest like that, that was outstanding. Yeah, no, he certainly is. He, his, his work rate's uh, really strong and... Um, I think he kicked uh, three or four of the, the six in the last quarter, which mm. um, which is something we've been working with him, just about staying stay engaged in the game and, and he'll get his, his opportunities will come and sometimes that happens early in the game and, and sometimes it's not until late. But uh, he's certainly uh, on, the, on the lead. There's not too many that can stop him. Um, he's got really strong hands and he's, he's constantly working on his goal kicking and, and being really accurate with that. And um, some of that's uh, coming to fruition over the last couple of weeks. So he's starting to get into to some really good form and, um, I think that's helping to bring some of the other guys in and around uh, to support him. Bo Wardman, our guest on Sporting Goss, the coach of Subiaco. So let's turn our attention to a home clash again, Leaderville Oval. This game will be broadcast on SEN Radio on the weekend. Tyson Beattie and the crew calling the play-by-play. You take on Swan Districts, and we know they're in this very condensed competition in regards to you know spots for the top five. They're on the cusp of the five. They are fifth, but they've got some, some breathing down their neck, and if they win, they could jump themselves up a couple of spots as well. It's always tough, but you've got a big chance to bounce back at home. Yeah, certainly, and that's, that's been our focus this week, uh, really responding. Um, we know Swan Districts are a quality team, and they, they pushed us uh, really hard back in um, round seven when we played them out at Bassendean mm. Oval, so we're under no illusion that uh, their, their best is, is really good, and they've won some um, some pretty big games in this year and significantly improved, so we're going to have to be at our best uh, and performing uh, a little bit better than what we were last Saturday, um, but I think it was a bit of a wake-up call for... For, for the coaches and, and for the players alike, just to, to sharpen ourselves up. So um, hopefully we get a, a really good crowd at, at uh, Leaderville Oval on um, 
what's what's should be a, a fine Saturday afternoon. Yeah, very much so. We're going to be a clear day, no doubt, on Saturday and five waffle games to boot, which is absolutely brilliant for grassroots footy here in the West. Five games all on the Saturday afternoon. I, I really uh, think everyone loves that being kept open for the local competition here in WA. Um, may I ask uh, the, the actual group itself, when they came back to training after the loss on the weekend, uh, do you sense... Uh, they try and move on quickly. I mean, I'm sure you do as a coaching staff, albeit as you assess the performance. But do you feel like they got their head back in the game to take on Swans pretty quickly? And when you've got a captain like Lee Kitchen and, and plenty of other experienced players like you know Lockyer and Marsh and the like, do you like to get straight back in the game? Uh, yes. I mean, Monday wasn't. Uh, I think being around Subiaco when you lose is, is not a fun place. Uh, it's not something that we. We like to do it too often. Um, we had a pretty strong review on on Monday, which uh, I suppose from a from a coaching staff and, and some of our senior players, and um, there was nothing nothing left uh, untouched. So that that was really positive. And but the, boy, the way the boys responded last night at training was was really good and um, showed some really positive signs. So we we know that once once we've done our review on a Monday, that we we park that and then um, take the learnings and, and move forward with the week. So. Was was happy with how the boys approached last night's training session, and um, hopefully uh, we can bring that on Saturday now. One question about one of your players, and that's Greg Clark. Now I spoke to him on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, and he didn't nominate for the the mid season rookie. Uh, he said, "Look, no one had knocked on his door." He's twenty four. He shed that sort of under-18, state-18s captaincy hangover, which many believed, oh, when, when you're captain of a state-18s team, you, you should be drafted because you're considered a great leader and a quality player and all that sort of stuff. So I reckon it took him a while to, to shake that off. He's a big unit. I don't think he played his best game on the weekend, but I think he probably learned a lot from going against the likes of Luke Shuey, getting it on quickly, not trying to do too much. He's 24. And we know that there's still opportunities for players of that age and that ilk. We're seeing, although albeit is a bit younger, Connor West is now on the Eagles list. Do you genuinely think Greg Clark could go to a good football club and have an impact at the AFL level? Oh, without a doubt. I think that the, the growth and maturity that I've seen in him uh, over the last couple of years has been outstanding. Um, you spoke about the, the State 18, the captaincy, and probably a bit of disappointment about not getting the opportunity. Um, certainly gets built up as a as an underage player, but um, the way that he's gone about it, he's, he's, whenever you go into the club, he seems to be there, whether it's in the gym or, or his ice bar. So his, his preparation is, is at AFL level. Um, he certainly performances this year. Yeah, he had his like colours lowered a little bit on on Saturday, but I think the the eight games that he's played prior to that have, have been outstanding, and has been one of our um, really consistent performers. He's he's got the ability to break the lines. His, his strength in the contest has been really strong, and um, his, his kicking and disposal efficiency certainly um, significantly improved. And um, obviously going up a level with the with the heat on the contest that's that's important. Mm. So um, I think I think going into a a full time environment at a at a good club as you said um, he's, he's going to really thrive in that environment and um, he's, he's got that sort of character that he's really willing to listen and learn and and develop his game and um, it would be a great opportunity for him and certainly a club couldn't go too far wrong with with a player like him on their list. Yeah, no doubt. Bo Wardman, our guest from the Subiaco Football Club, coach of the Lions. Yeah, I agree. I think Greg Clark uh, certainly would be on the radar uh, this year in particular. Another one who had a bit of a taste of it pre-season, doing the pre-season out there and trying out, was uh, Nicholas Martin, who I saw on the weekend. He needs a couple of good months in the gym, but at the same time, his skill set is uh, quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. He's, 
he's continuing to grow into his body. Um, I think he learned a, a lot about the de- defensive side of his game um, when he was at West Coast and the, the ability that you need to really repeat effort and um, training with the likes of, of Josh Kennedy and uh, Darling. And then, then he said he had, to, he had to play on Jeremy McGovern in one of the sessions. So I think he learned a fair bit out of that. Um, he's, he's really good overhead and he's got some um, athletic ability with his, with his running and speed, which uh, has been important. And, um, he's displayed that probably over the last couple of weeks without hitting the scoreboard, but some of his chase down tackles and defensive pressures mm. um, really improved. So he's just got to con- continue to work to, to get to the right positions. And um, when, when he's in those positions, he takes a good mark and um, he's generally pretty accurate with goal. So hopefully if he can have a really strong back end of the season, he's, he's one that's going to be up in lights again there and um, will certainly help our cause um, at the back end of the season. It's a big year, isn't it, for for waffle footy? I mean, when you when we make pre-season predictions and we get nine, ten games into the season, very hard to to find the outright premiership favourite. Clermont almost got bowled over by West Coast. You got bowled over by West Coast, albeit they were much stronger and they certainly got some quality players back. Um, West Perth, who knows? Perth are pretending that they're going to be good and then drop off very quickly, even with their good players back. It is a very concealed flag at the moment you were just part of the mix yeah absolutely I think that's uh, it's, it's a great position to be in and the, the, the competition's really even which is um, I think important to, to, to have a really healthy second tier competition certainly West Coast when uh, it's probably unprecedented with the number of injuries that they've had reflective of some of the, the losses that they've had early in the season but they, they'll get a few players back and I think um, anyone on their day can can win, um, which is important. So you can't can't go into any game lightly, and and you've got to be at your best, um, which is which is great and healthy for a vibrant competition. And I suppose the uh, we've sort of been put up there. We we've taught Claremont and South from Antlers those, those sort of teams, but I think um, that the evenness across the competition this year is is there to see. And um, We've got a big challenge this week against Swan Districts. You're very much so. And last one for you, Bo. Bo Wardman, our guest from the Subiaco Footy Club, the coach of the Lions. Uh, not that you're looking that far in advance, but a, a, as a coach of a waffle team, are you pleased that the grand final be, has been anchored down at Optus Stadium? Oh, definitely. I think it's uh, the, the, the premier state league uh, in the country. If, if we're not playing the premier um, grand final at, at our at our biggest and best venue, then um, we're probably selling ourselves short. It's it's a great incentive for the the players that that play not only the at league level but for for the Colts and the um, the reserves guys that generally don't do anything for the uh, the financial benefits um, for them to be able to to look forward and aspire to to be able to play on the at Optus Stadium. Um, it's, it's a rarity, so it's something pretty special, and I think it's important that um, we get the opportunity to to put our best foot forward to be able to be part of that day. So um, I think it's a, it's a great move by the footy commission and hopefully that continues for the many years to come. Thanks for taking our call today. Good luck on the weekend, Saturday at Leaderville Oval against Swan Districts. And I am confident, I am confident, Bowie, the Mighty Lions can bounce <laughs> back. Uh, appreciate it, Tim. Thanks very much. Always good, enjoy the chat. Good on you, mate. There's Bo Wardman, the coach of Subiaco. Does a, a great job. Not easy being coach of Subi. There's an expectation that they're going to win every game. It doesn't happen like that. The competition has certainly got better. But he's done a remarkable job keeping them up and about, and they deserve to be right in the mix. This is the Sporting Goss.